there's all kinds of different medium that you can get on. You can be on a podcast like this one, a radio show, TV show, web summit, webinar. You might be on a clubhouse stage. You might be on an in-person live stage. There's a lot of different ways that you can grab the mic and share your message with the world. Welcome to Lori the Podcast, and I'm your host, Lori, <laughs> and I'm super excited you're here to join me on my public speaking journey, finding out what the most impactful way is to get your audience into action, your message is worth sharing, and people need to hear it now from you. So, you ready? Let's go. Hey, Kimberly. Welcome to the show today. <laughs> hey, Lori. Super glad to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. Like this is the podcast to really help enthusiastic entrepreneurs to have more impact than using public speaking as a marketing tool. And today you're here. And I think that is absolutely super, 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 super cool. Like what you're going to share is, is mind boggling. I'm already sure of it. And I would love to introduce you. But I think it's way more fun of you that do that for yourself. So would you mind telling the listeners who you are? Absolutely. So um, super glad to be here. And for those of you I haven't met yet, I'm super excited to be able to connect with you now. Uh, my name is Kimberly Crow. I am a serial entrepreneur, which does not mean I sell cereal. It does mean that I have created a lot of different businesses in my lifetime. And I've been fortunate on, enough to be able to grow some uh, so large that I've been able to sell them on the open market. So that's been fun. And there have been a lot of times where I have created businesses that I just didn't want to do anymore and was ready to get rid of uh, that, that weren't fun anymore. I am all about fun. If it's not fun, it's not worth doing. And I think the most difficult thing for any entrepreneur is to get the word out about who they are and what they're up to, to in the world. And I think the most easiest, fastest, effortless, fun way to do that is by getting on other people's stages and sharing your message. Oh, I think that's so powerful. And what I love about it is the word fun. It's so important to have fun. <laughs> it's one of my biggest uh, values as well. Like if it's not worth, if it's not fun, it's not worth doing. And if it's not fun, you don't lean into your biggest potential, I feel, because impact is, is reached when you are having fun, people feel your energy. So we completely agree on that. And I know that you are currently helping speakers, coaches, and entrepreneurs to land speaking opportunities, right? As well offline, as well online. And the description for me insinuates that there's different kind of stages. Like, do you mind sharing a bit about what kind of stages we can think of if we want to land those opportunities? Great question, Laurie. So yes, there's all kinds of different medium that you can get on. You can be on a podcast like this one, a radio show, TV show, web summit, webinar. You might be on a clubhouse stage. You might be on an in-person live stage. There's a lot of different ways that you can grab the mic and share your message with the world. Uh, but there's also categories of stages. I like to call them the four kinds of stages that every entrepreneur should get on. And I'll talk to you a little bit about how you can maximize each one. Does that sound good? That sounds super cool. I, I have my pen out. I hope everybody does because uh, before you start, I, I just want to reiterate that even though you might already know these four, you're like, okay, which four are they? It's always worth it to write it down because when you do, you anchor it in. So I have my pen out and I hope the listener has it too. So bring it on. 
Fantastic. All right. So stage number one is a stage type that many of you probably have already either spoken on or heard. And stage number one is a speak to sell stage. If you're an entrepreneur, a speak to sell stage is a great opportunity to be able to get on a stage and at the end, be able to bring people a little further on the client journey to your programs, products, or services. The idea is that when you get on the stage, you're going to share knowledge. You're going to, you're going to be able to teach something that is of value to your audience and not just pitch at them. But then at the end, you're going to have a call to action. Now, this is where some entrepreneurs get really nervous. They're like, I don't want to be salesy, right? I just want to go and share the knowledge. And then, then they get really nervous toward the end when they have to do that call to action. And I am here to let you right off the hook on that. It's going to be easy and effortless and fun, just like my mantra is. So we're going to make sure that it is easy and effortless and fun for you to do a speak to sell stage. The way that you maximize a speak to sell stage is not the way necessarily a traditional speak to sell stage goes where you get up on stage and the person gets up on stage and they share a PowerPoint presentation and they give a whole bunch of slides about how amazing they are. Then at the end, they have 14 slides about their program, how it's worth $5,000 for this and $10,000 for this and $20,000 for this. And altogether, it's worth $100 million. But if they buy it right now, 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 they'll get it for $9.97, right? And, um, and that's so <laughs> icky for most entrepreneurs to like watch that happen or participate in that or even think that they would have to do that. So we're going to make it super fun and easy and effortless for you. The actual best way to, to handle a speak to sell stage is to take them, your client, on a client journey. So what you want to do instead of doing that pitch, hard pitch sell, is you want to give them the natural next step in the buying journey with you. Now, that natural next step might be buy my stuff. Absolutely, it could be buy my $500 program, but it might be something completely different. It might be grab my downloadable or visit my website or book a one-on-one -on -one call with me to chat and see if it's a match. Or if you're on a live stage, it might be I'm in the back of the room after this talk, come meet me back there and we can chat a little bit further, right? So there are a lot of different ways to do a speak to sell stage. Ideally, you are leading them down a customer journey to eventually do business with you. But there's a new statistic out called 7114. And that it, this is in Daniel Priestley's book called Oversubscribed. He writes about the new way of purchasing that people have now that we have the internet. With the internet, we need to do an average of seven hours of interacting with a program, product, or service, an average of 11 different touches and an average of four different locations in order to make a purchasing decision. So if you're on a speak to sell stage, this may be the first time they've ever seen or heard of you. And if you go right for the kill at the very end of your talk, it may not be right for them. It may be right for some, but it may not be right for everybody. So rather than turn those people off, I encourage you to give them an opportunity to get just the natural next step in learning more a little bit, of, a little bit more about you. So giving them an opportunity to get a downloadable, a freebie, or giving them an opportunity to be able to meet with you one-on-one -on -one might be their natural next. So have a call to action and make it a natural next step. Wow. 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 That's a lot of information. And it's only the first stage. <laughs> so this is, this is cool. And I just want to, to ask you a question huh? because the definition that I like to, to use for public speaking is that it's nothing more than a vehicle to bring people on an emotional journey with you. Ooh, I like that, Laura. Yeah. It's like people make it so complicated. Like 
uh, it's the hero's journey and we have to craft this so perfectly and we have, we need to hire script writers and i think that's so overly perfectionistic and really stands stands far from the goal that it that it really is about it's like about bringing people on an emotional journey with you and you are the vehicle you are telling your stories your teaching points your learnings to bring people in their emotion for them to learn and what i'm intrigued about is your statistics um because it's based on um on on finding out through internet right like and and i love statistics and i love to to interpret it in our own way and have a bit of a discussion about it is how do you feel that online research is compared to public speaking and i i'm not expecting you to just you know put statistics out but what what do you feel about that laurie that's a really good question so my answer to that is that one of the things that it teaches us about public speaking is that we need to be out there on a variety of different mediums if if i was successful the very first time i got on a stage and sold something that's great that's wonderful but if i get on a stage and people have already seen a podcast that I did, and they already saw me speak on a summit, and they already found me in Clubhouse, and they already found my website, now they already know something about me. So when I get on this next stage, they're like, I've seen her everywhere. And they know you stick around. They know that you're not just a fly by night. They know that they can have confidence and trust that they'll be there, for, that you'll be there to deliver on your promises. And so I think as a public speaker, it's very important to maximize your time getting on different stages and, and interacting in a variety of different ways. Yes, 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 I love it. Do you want to get your message out there too in a clear and impactful way? And I got something for you. It's a free training to get there. Check out the link in the description and sign up right now. Uh, I love this. I love this answer about proximity and also like uh, leveraged authority, right? Because if someone puts you on a stage, then apparently that person believes you. So that gives you like the authority. But this is a great bridge to go to the next one. So we have the speak to sell. Bring it on. What's what's next? Stage number two is a paid speaking gig. Now, this is usually the brass ring that everybody wants to get a paid speaking gig. And if you are a former US president and you charge $100,000 to do a paid speaking gig, that's great. But for those of you who are not former US presidents, uh, you may want to grab your own paid speaking gig. Well, paid speaking gigs are fantastic opportunities to get paid, to get on a stage, to share your knowledge, your skills, the things that you've learned over time with an, an audience and get and collect a check just for sharing that knowledge. And it can be really, really powerful to say, I'm a paid speaker. And I have been paid for my speaking opportunities in a, a variety of different ways. I have been a paid equestrian polo announcer. I have been, uh, I've done acting and I've been paid for that. I've done murder mysteries and I've been paid for that. I've done uh, teaching and I've been paid for that. I've taught courses and I've been paid for that. There's a lot of different ways that you can get paid speaking gigs. I've even been an audiobook announcer or an audiobook producer. And as an audiobook producer, you're getting paid for your voice. So there are, while most people think that they have to get on a keynote talk and charge a whole bunch of money for it, there's actually quite a few different ways that you can get paid speaking gigs. But the way to maximize them may be a little confusing for people. So the way to maximize a paid speaking gig where you're going to do a keynote 
and you're going to speak on somebody's stage, let's say you're speaking to a group of uh, real estate professionals and you're speaking at an association and you're getting a paid speaking gig for the day of $2,000. The best way to maximize that one is to make sure that you get paid before you start. Now, a lot of folks will be like, oh, I know they'll send me a check later. And that could be true. Uh, but once you've delivered the goods, there's no way to hold it over their heads afterwards to be able to extract the funds that they owe you. So any good event planner will make it in there. And if you plan this in your contract, uh, you will say that you are getting paid upfront before taking the mic or before taking the stand. And when you get paid beforehand, if you get all the way to the event and they say, oh, we have your check, it's back at our corporate office, you can say, absolutely, I get paid by PayPal or Venmo or Zelle or a variety of different ways. Um, or I can wait here for the check for somebody to courier it over, but I can't take the stage until I actually receive the check. And that's in our contract. So you want to put that in your contract beforehand. If you don't get paid before you speak and you do get on that stage, some people do that and that can be done, but you've just invented a whole new entrepreneurship for yourself. It's called collections and it's no fun at all. <laughs> I find this tip so fascinating. I know I will share you why, because I am uh, from the Netherlands. Uh, and I'm traveling as a digital nomad. So I live sometimes in Spain. Right now, I'm currently in San Francisco in America. And what I'm learning here is so much about when people sue you and when people are uh, not like honest. And the whole system here is so different than what I find is, is normal to me. So it's so fascinating that you talk about uh, this this part of the metal, which I think is also important to mention. like. You don't want to be this person who is full of trust, which I I would super be. I'm like, yeah, but then we'll come, right? Yeah, I trust you. I deliver the best that I can do. So you will do that too. And I think what at least I learned from this is that, you know, there's a difference between amazingly trusting and amazingly trusting and also making sure that the promise is, is kept kind of. So I think it's great to think about this before. Uh, and I agree with you. Collection, I mean, if you collect, then let's do it for, for whatever else, because we want to do it and not because we have to do it. Yeah. Great one. And there's another way to maximize this stage as well. Something you have to really think about when you do paid speaking gigs. So if if I get paid as an audiobook uh, producer, I might make $200 per finished hour. So when the audiobook is complete, it's maybe 10 hours long. And I would get paid $2,000 to do that book. But that's not how long it took me to work. I may have spent 10 times that on producing the book, on creating it, on doing uh, editing of it, on, on reading the book beforehand to make sure that I knew how the book turned out. I may have auditioned for 15 books before I got one book that they accepted me on. So the way to, calc the, the way to maximize your paid speaking gigs is to calculate not the money that you get paid for the hours on stage, but the money that you get paid for the hours worked. Because sometimes it might be 10 or 20 hours or times the number of hours that you actually are on stage. When I go to a paid speaking opportunity, I may get $7,500 for my paid speaking opportunity, but I may have had to travel there overnight and get a hotel room. And I may have had to apply to 20 or 30 different speaking gigs before I got this one. And there's time involved in that. I may have to stay afterward to help uh, the event planner with something. I may be asked to give a breakout session the following day. There could be a variety of ways that I participate in that event that don't actually get compensated. 
So that's not a bad thing. I love getting a paid speaking gig for $7,500 and letting them know that I'm there to support them the entire day. There's nothing wrong with that, but definitely calculate your hours worked per uh, dollar paid rather than, uh, rather than just being like, yeah, I make $7,500 an hour. It doesn't actually always work out. <laughs> yeah, it feels, it feels kind of cool though, but I get your point. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. These are, these are amazing. And I'm curious, we have the speak to sell, we have the paid speaking gig, which is the third? Third is you've already actually alluded to it. It's an authority stage. An authority stage is like a TEDx. Now, I think you have a TEDx and, or, and I definitely have a TEDx. A TEDx stage is an opportunity to get on a stage where somebody, an authority stage is an opportunity to get on a stage where somebody else made sure you were an expert before you got on it, all right? So that they're actually checking your credentials. If you got on Oprah, that would be an authority stage. If you got on a local news station, they have to check their resources before putting you on that local news station. So that would be an authority stage. If you got on, it could be a, a summit where they check to make sure that you really were an expert in XYZ before you got on that summit. So they want you to, to qualify in order to be on that stage. So a, a very common stage is TEDx, uh, but there are many other authority stages that you can get on. When I was in San Diego, which isn't far from where you are now, um, a little bit further south, I actually worked there at corporate office and I got on a, an award show and you had to compete for it. It was the uh, San Diego Women Who Mean Business Awards. I had to be nominated for that award the, the, uh, to be able to get on that stage. And I got 19 letters of recommendation. So when I, got, when I finished that, I was very, very proud to have been on that stage. And it was some way that they were checking to make sure I really was a woman who means business. Uh, and there were a lot of aspects to that. But it's an authority stage is not necessarily a stage that you can get paid to speak on. And it's not a stage that you might be able to sell from. So how do you maximize a stage as an entrepreneur if you can't sell from it and you get, can't get paid to speak on it? Well, this stage is designed to be promoted everywhere. If nobody knows you got that authority, then how is it going to give you any credibility at all? So the way to maximize that one is to tell everyone. Get the word out that you are on this stage. Do a press release. Do a public service relation, a public relations announcement. Mail out to all of your customers a physical mailing that you were on this stage. Or do an email blast. Put it on your website. Maybe put it on the bottom of your signature line. These are all ways that you can get it, the word out that you were on this authority stage. Because if nobody knows you have the authority and credibility, it doesn't do you much good. Wow, this is really cool what you're saying. And it sounds so obvious. Um, but you're putting very, very small nuggets that maybe move the needle a lot. For example, like I've got a lot of clients who did a TEDx and then they're so proud and they put LinkedIn messages. And then for the first week, it's all over the place. Right. <laughs> and then it's like, OK, business is happening. We go we go on with what we're so passionate about because that's why they're sharing it. But what you're saying now is that it can be a consistent way of leveraging that authority, that credibility that you gain for one speech, even even already with like putting it in your signature. Like, I mean, that's a great idea. Put the link down there so everybody keeps seeing it. And I, and I think that's also what you said before, right? Like people need to spend seven hours Googling for something. And there's also research out there that they need to see it for some sort of, uh, or, or like um, that many times. So if you nudge people towards, oh, look at me, look at me, I'm a speaker. 
I have a great message. I want to deliver impact. I did this uh, by all these 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 micro elements. I think that that moves the needle in the end uh, a lot. So this is amazing. Great tip. Are you ready for stage number four? Oh, I'm so ready. Bring it on. Stage number four might surprise your audience. Stage number four is a rehearsal stage, a stage where you can practice your talks and get feedback. So a rehearsal stage, uh, a lot of people will say, uh, use the example of Toastmasters. Toastmasters is nationwide, international, and it is a great place uh, for people to practice public speaking who are very, very nervous about public speaking, and you can practice talks there. I don't actually recommend Toastmasters for people who are entrepreneurs that are wanting to speak on stages because a Toastmasters, while it gives you some really great feedback early on in your career, it can be a little limiting a little bit further on. Now, you, uh, Toastmasters usually regulates a five to seven minute talk, which uh, this talk alone is well beyond that, right? They also will give you very specific feedback of your ahs and your ums and your so's. And that's not necessarily important in our conversation. I've used the word so quite a few times already. I've used some filler words. And so I think you may have as well. I'm sure yours were perfect. I'm pretty sure yours were perfect. <laughs> but that that isn't necessarily a problem for us when we're communicating just as regular human beings. We don't have to be perfect when we get on the stage. We have to be connectable. We have to be relatable. And if we are perfect, sometimes people won't connect with us because they're like, I could never do that that Kimberly's doing. Like, I could never be as perfect as she is. She never uses an R and um, right? So this is one of those ways where you can be more connectable without doing that level of feedback, without in implementing that level of feedback. On the other hand, I highly recommend that as many stages as you can get on to practice your talk, go ahead and grab them. But it doesn't mean that it has to only be for practice. I oftentimes will use a podcast for a practice stage or a rehearsal stage. I might give a brand new talk on a, a podcast that I've never given before, and I'm looking for feedback. Now, the feedback might come from my interview host, right? It's somebody nodding along or asking a follow-up question. It might also come when I, uh, when we post, if I put, when you post this talk, I might go back and check the comments six weeks later, see what kind of comments I got, and then realize that, oh, I wasn't very clear on what a rehearsal stage was. So I have to really do better on that the next time. So any sort of comments, any sort of feedback that you can get from any stage that you speak on can be really powerful. Now, I wouldn't recommend your TEDx stage as a rehearsal stage. Hopefully you've done a lot of this <laughs> before you did that one, but pretty much every other stage can be a rehearsal stage. Now I've given over 5,000 talks. My best talk is my next one because I can always improve. Wow, that sounds so corny and it's yet so true. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. <laughs> and what I really love about what you're saying is that, you know, a lot of people that I speak as a public speaking coach who want to, you know, get their killer keynote and be on the TEDx, you know, that's most of the time what people really want. And obviously that's something that's super cool. And it, you, you even said it, it's one of the three, but it's or, or one of the four. It's one of the four. It's not the one. Right. It's not the end result. It's just one of the four options that you can choose. And I think you explained really well that, you know, there are so many opportunities out there that you might not be aware of that there are actually opportunities and that you are able to share your message, create impact, test stuff out. Because what you say, the next one is the best one. So let's just put in a lot of practice and a lot of hours in it and see a lot of a lot more opportunities as opportunities because they're already here. 
Absolutely. My motto is if somebody hands you a mic, you say yes, uh, because you can always improve and you can always just practice it. Even if you're at somebody else's event and they ask for people to have, does anybody here have any questions? You can get on the mic and say, hi, I'm Kimberly Crow. I'm with Speakers Playhouse and I have this question, right? Now you've gotten on stage, you've spoken, people have started to associate a name with a company and a face, and they know that you have elegant questions. And so that's an opportunity to grab the mic that you wouldn't normally think, but it is a stage. So getting on all kinds of different stages can give you authority in different ways. Well, well, this is such a great comment. And I just want to reiterate just for the for, for you as the listener to, to really anchor this in, because there's a lot of Zoom rooms right now right there's trainings there's these there's that and always in every training you are there's like who wants to ask a question and most of the time you put your virtual hand up right and what a lot of people do is they think exactly about the question they think do i have a question and the and the answer is yes or no right and what i train myself is always to say yes immediately do the action and then think about what I'm going to ask. So more often than not, like I'm almost always highlighted just because of I do that. And then I say, indeed, what you're saying, hi, I'm Laurie, and I have a question. And I introduce my question with some introduction because I need time to think about what my question actually really is. But because you ask a question, you feel less, less resistance to ask a question next time. And what I feel a lot of times is that I see people in the, or or I talk to people after like, Laurie, I had such a question too. And my question was actually better. I'm like, yeah, well, it wasn't because you didn't ask it. <laughs> so if we train ourselves to really immediately just say yes, because there's always something you can ask. Like there's, there's no presentation in the world where you don't have a question. There's always something that you can be curious about. So I really, really love it. And I think this is a great, specific action step that people can take right now is if people ask do you have a question that you just train yourself to say yes and then in the process of saying yes think about what question you want to ask i think that's brilliant um, yeah i I, <laughs> I think it's amazing and you told us about the four things that we can look for right but i also know that you have a framework of creating an opportunity no. do you want to talk a bit about that because this is yeah i do so there's actually a secret fifth stage <laughs> Even though this, whoa, talk called, whoa. <laughs> this talk is called the four types of stages, we say there's a secret fifth stage. This, the fifth stage is your own stage. Because when you create your own stage, you have an opportunity to make it any of the four types of stages. You could just make it a rehearsal stage if you wanted. You could make it a speak to sell where you're pitching from it. You could make it an authority stage if you had a way to to create authority or authority for somebody else, or you bringing on experts and you were checking to make sure they were really experts before you brought them in, or you can make it an, a paid speaking gig where you only spoke to a group of people who had already paid you, um, whether that is a course or a class, or maybe it's a face private Facebook group that they only get access to if they have paid. So there's a variety of different controls that you have because now it's your own house that you are playing in and you can make it any kind of stage that you want. The great news is, you don't have to spend a lot of money making a stage. In fact, most of your audience can create a stage within 48 hours of hearing this message. You can create your very own stage just by deciding. Nobody needs to give you permission. Nobody needs to bless you or tell you that you have a certification. Uh, you can go live on Facebook every Wednesday at one or Tuesday at two or Thursday at three with a new idea or concept. And when you do that, you've created a show. 
All you have to do is have regularity with it. And then down the road, you could say, you know what? I'm having guests on my show and invite Lori Mae Bettless to come and speak on your show. You can invite all kinds of different people to speak on your show and have an opportunity to be able to grow that show over time. That show that you start on Facebook could turn into a YouTube. It could turn into a podcast. It could turn into a regular weekly TV show, a clubhouse show. Um, you could do webinars and web summits with it. There's a lot of ways that you can grow it, but all you have to do, and you don't even have to think of any of those in the future, but right now, all you have to do is decide. And as soon as you have a regular show that you're doing, then you can grow it from there. Wow. This is a great secret and I kind of spoiled it. So it was like a secret that became a secret, <laughs> which is even cooler. I think this is so brilliant because when people hear the, the word stage, they envision a football stadium, 30,000 seats, completely full. Obviously, people are standing in the back. And they're cheering your name and they're standing and you've come up with your winner song. <laughs> and that's, you know, the level of keynote speaker, what people put on themselves. Well, if we just know, ah, wait a minute, it's great for me to crop my message because then I, then I can be clear and concise and I can tell my brand story. Then I can create impact. Then I reach a large amount of people because that's what I want. That's why I'm an entrepreneur to impact lives. And the larger my audiences or the more often I am on stage, the more, the faster they are trusting me to make a purchase and not only trusting me, but trusting themselves with me. Right. Um, and by, by, by lowering that resistance, what you just did through the four, but big one with a bonus is just to allow ourselves, just do it now. <laughs> right. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So I'm going to give uh, some of your audience, like a lot of them probably know who Gary Vaynerchuk is. Do you happen to know who that is, Lori? Gary Vaynerchuk? I absolutely have no idea. Okay. So no. Gary Vaynerchuk is a, um, usually runs in this community as one of the inspirational speakers, and he's well known for a bunch of different things. He actually started as a podcaster doing a wine show. He interviewed a whole bunch of winery owners uh, because his family owned a beer company, like a beer sales company, and he wanted to expand. So he said, I'm going to do a podcast and interview the uh, owners of all these different wineries. They're going to come on and talk about their wines, and then we're going to sell them. And so that's what he started doing. Well, he got a very big following very fast, and he was the wine guy for a lot of years. But then eventually he didn't want to do that anymore. He moved on and he changed his message to hustle, hustle, hustle which was, I didn't just sit on my laurels and sell beer. I decided to make a new thing and I had to hustle and get a lot of things done really fast. And if you don't hustle, I'm going to take all your clients from you. And it was all about hustle, 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 right? And then he mellowed out. I don't know if law of attraction got a hold of him or something, but um, he mellowed out and he changed his message to social media matters, where instead of like hustle, 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 it was all about getting seen and getting exposure on a variety of different media and having people be able to get to know you through the internet. And the thing of it was, Gary didn't delete any of his old videos because those all had millions of views and people could find him because he had so much content out there on social media. And that's what made him an influencer because he had so much out there. So if you want to get those keynotes, good for you. You absolutely can do that. And I'm not here to tell you you can't. But if an event producer who has a stadium full of 30,000 people is going to give you that stage, they're probably going to look you up on Google first. 
And there better be something out there that shows how awesome you are. So that's just my two. I think this is brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. And I want to capture it with that because you, you, you shared some golden nuggets. And what I want to end with, and you already shared some, so you can reiterate what you said or find maybe there's a secret number six. I don't know. But what I always say is, is people want to become an inspirational speaker. And when they say that, I'm like, I'm not your person. I don't want to help you with that because I don't believe in inspiration. For me, inspiration is fuzziness in the air. I believe in activation. So everybody who, who goes through my academy, they call themselves an activational speaker. So in that thought line of an activational speaker, what could be a one action that people can take right now after listening to this to take their dream of making impact on larger scale one step closer? Make a commitment to yourself to go on Facebook Live or YouTube at least once a week for the next three months and be able to just share a message. It doesn't have to be a one hour long talk. It can be a five minute quick tip. That quick tip can just come from the last client you spoke to who was like, you know, Lori, I was just wondering about this. And then you can go online and be like, you know, I was just speaking with one of my clients and the question they had was this. And I wanted to share with you my answer. That's it. Super simple, super easy, absolutely implement implementable. And you can take action on that today. Wow. Wow. I love it. Thank you, Kimberly. Thank you for this golden notch. Uh, I think this is absolutely brilliant. So take the action now, go live. And what would be cool if you put some cool comments on what you, what you took action upon, what your feedback is, because maybe Kimberly was testing stuff out. You never know. So put the comments in what your biggest breakthrough was. And we love to read them. Kimberly, thank you so much. Wow, we're at the end of this episode already. What a ride. I hope you took as many notes as I did. And I would love to hear from you. A review would be awesome. And you know what would be awesome too? To make more impact. And there's not one, but three ways we can get there. The first to reach more people. Who is this one person, a colleague, a friend, or a neighbor who could benefit from this episode as well? Copy the link and share it with them. The second step is to not only be inspired, but also take action upon the knowledge that you gain. And to help you do so, I will give you my 14-day speaking habit training completely for free. So you can build that speaking muscle right now. Check the link in the description, it's ready for you. And the third step is to get more insights from other angles of the speaking industry. Subscribe to the podcast so you will never ever have to miss a single episode. And that's why I can say now to you, see you in the next one. Ciao, ciao!